0: Benex Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support
1: the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite
2: podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Paul Pocky Podcast. Yeah, it's summer, but we're still doing some shows here and there. We'll pick it back up in the fall, and uh, especially when you have a chance to uh, to do a podcast with the, with this guy on the line, you definitely want to uh, uh, start up the recorder and, and get going. Uh, Paul Pocky, available on Stitcher and iTunes, and uh, you can also get it uh, under paulpocky.com, of course, and uh, sponsored by Two Under. The number two UNDR, the best man's underwear out there, Ferraro20, is the code to save money at uh, two-under. Our buddy Ray Ferraro also uh, wears two-under, and a lot of NHL players do, current guys. So please check them out. Use the code Ferraro20 and save yourself money, and uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Uh, with me on the line now is a TSN, uh, Senior Managing Editor for the Hockey Content. He was a longtime editor of the Hockey News, um, and uh, a, a very interesting guy who, who I've read over the years, and not to make... Make you feel too old, but uh, Steve Dryden, cool. I've uh, I, I remember reading a lot of your stuff as a kid. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> I, I, I'm thrilled. Thank you for that. I'm, yeah, no, I know. No. I'm quite comfortable with that, and uh, and, and I've already learned something. I didn't know what to, which underwear that Ray wore. Yeah, yeah, so see, that's, that's exactly. Extremely interesting. Only wears uh, <laughs> 2 under.
2: Yeah, two under. Two uh, under. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll get you some. You can wear the same underwear. <laughs> that would that, <laughs> be fantastic. That, the Brandon Wheat Kings who once scored 108. Goals? Eight goals, yeah, eight goals. Yep, uh, he once scored 108 goals. So what can you do, right? Ray was um,
1: uh, was one of the, the all time great. That season, one of the all time great seasons in major junior hockey. And in fact, you know, uh, as I'm sure you know, is that that uh, there's another prominent Brandon Wheat King now is Nolan Patrick, who's expected to be um, he's the presumptive at this point anyway, number one pick in the 2017 uh, NHL draft. And yeah, he's, he has good bloodlines. Uh, father is Steve, uncle is James Patrick, and uh, but Ray, Ray comes by it, or I should say, Nolan Patrick comes by it. Honestly, both from his his family and playing for the Whe- the Wheaties.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, me born and raised in Winnipeg, so uh, I'm familiar with the Wheat Kings for sure. Can you believe, in talking to Ray, he didn't even get an invite to the junior camp. He scored yes, 108. Uh, uh, no invites. You know,
1: things have changed so much. I mean, um, you know, now there, are, now there are games, showcase games, and the teams aren't even passing on their own now in the USA. It's got Finland, Sweden, and Canada playing um, in prep for picking their World Junior Championship teams. And it's, it's amazing how things have changed since he scored his 108 goals and, and really wasn't even on the radar. No. It, it, is, it is remarkable, but it, I mean, it wasn't even until 1982 that the Canada went full time to a real national team. They also had one in 78 with Gretzky. Mm-hmm. That's because it was hosted in, in Montreal. Okay. Uh, otherwise, they just had the defending World Cup champs, and I believe the 81 team, which was uh, Canada, was represented by the Cornwall Royals, um, and the Royals were just killed. And they said, enough is enough. We have to go
2: to a national team. I didn't even know that. See, Steve, you're educating me already. I had no idea. I'll do the best I can. Right. Thank you. Um, Speaking of the Weekings, Kelly McCrimmon, uh, owner, GM, uh, probably coach at some point, just hired by Vegas, uh, NHL team as assistant GM here. Uh, Of course, me living in Vegas, I've got uh, got some season tickets, uh, a deposit down, and... I've got to ask you, as a guy that's been, you know, you started in Hockey News in 1985, and uh, you've been around through the expansion of hey, we're going to give it to the Tampa Bay Lightning, even though we don't know anything about them. (laughs) Um, You got the Ottawa bid that was messed up. Hamilton, Ron Joyce, Hamilton, uh, many people thought he was going to get it. You got the debacle in Phoenix over the years, and you've probably seen many other things. I, I do think this is an unconventional market, but I feel like this is a Pretty good deal for everybody. Like I think it's going to work. I think Bettman, they did it right. I think Bill Foley seems like he's in it. Um, this is a pretty good expansion. Although, I guess as a, again as a guy that's been around, you you gotta be wonder. Wow, we're going to Vegas. The NHL is going to Vegas. Well, I think you have to have a healthy
1: skepticism with anything um, the NHL or any any league does. Is that, you know we have a uh, I have a tendency to believe in that in that the process they would have gone through the scrutiny that they would have placed. Uh, the planning um, the business plan, and that you, you you want to believe that that it has passed all the tests mm-hmm. and and it 's hard to think that, that they could be wrong about something so big um, but there 's a reason you know there 's a reason that it 's taken this long for a franchise to get to to Vegas, mm-hmm. a major professional team um, and you know it 's hard it 's hard to say that that I think that Batman and Daly are wrong because. You know they've got the stuff. They've got the numbers in front of them, and they've been very, very, very judicious about this. They have, certainly haven't. Can't be said they've rushed into it.
2: Yeah. Doesn't it um, feel like different than other expansion? Like, even the San Jose thing, where they broke it up and gave the the brothers a little. Like it just feels different to me.
1: Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, right down to you know turning down the the, the Quebec bid mm-hmm. and deferring it. Is I think right. deferring means. right. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that there's every reason to believe. That Vegas is is going to uh, is going to succeed simply because of the due diligence that would have would have gone through. I mean, certainly in the past the NHL has made uh, some big mistakes right. and been fooled um, and believed in fool's gold from time to time. This uh, you know I think this one is going to be different. I mean I certainly like the fact that they've got um, George McPhee. Uh, managing it, I, mm-hmm. I think, is is an, um, an important step. An important step. He's a really sharp hockey man, and and bringing in the likes of, as you mentioned, Kelly Kelly McCrimmon, who I mean, you know, whom last year had a shot at the, really could have joined the, the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you've got a couple of uh, almost like nascent franchises. You could almost say because the Leafs really have uh, have torn it down. So a couple of organizations that were, um, one of which, of course, is just beginning, and the other one that was and wanted a new beginning. Both wanted, uh, both wanted McCrimmon. Wanted him, yeah. he's, he, and he's taken. He's taken this one. So, but as you know, Manitoba um, has produced a lot of good hockey people.
2: Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm, pessim- I'm optimistic, not pessimistic. I'm, <laughs> I'm pessimistic about the other NHL expansion over the years. Like a lot of times, I was just mm-hmm. like, "Come on, guys, stop it!" And when you read Esposito's book about how he got the Lightning, you're like, "Really? Like a league would really do all that?" Um, I think I'm. Yeah, this is this is a good. I think it's going to work. I mean, maybe I'm biased. I live here. I want it to work, you know, Steve. But um, I think well, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the thing that, that some people have a, a hard,
1: outside of Las Vegas have a hard time understanding, and you'd be able to explain it better. Is just get a grasp of, you know, how big is the actual market? Is it And, and obviously, this has all been thought through by the right. night, yep. and by Bill Foley. But the whole idea of that. Of how many people are there are going to Vegas to escape uh, Canada and you know, and hockey? Um, is that something you want to do? Or and is the market itself um, the you know the residents um, mm-hmm. are are there enough of them um, to to make this a success and. Clearly the NHL believes it, and, and from the sounds of it, so do you.
2: Yeah, I, I do. I asked McPhee at the press conference. I went down there and checked it out. I asked him what did he learn from his time in Washington that he would do differently uh, mm-hmm. now. And he, had, he said, which really struck me as weird, because what was was in Washington for 14 years or something, 12 or 14 years. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It struck me as weird. He said, I- I'm going to communicate with my owner better. And I took that as, like, Ted Leonis, obviously, and him didn't have a great relationship, maybe near the end. But then again, he was there for 12 years. It struck me as um, an odd answer. But I guess, you know, he maybe realized that you've got to manage up as much as you do down nowadays. I don't know. It just struck me as weird. What do you think of that? Well, I think
1: that there's, uh, there are, I wouldn't call them activist owners, but certainly more involved and engaged owners. Than in the past, I would I, I would say that when you say that one thing that he would do differently, I, I, he might have said I wouldn't have traded Philip Forsberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, for for Martin rat yeah. With just an absolute, um, you know, a, a debacle of a deal. And I mean, uh, of course, there are all sorts of circumstances whether his coach was even going to play uh, Forsberg. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's always factors that go into this. And who knows what kind of pressure he may even have felt about that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, that's one of the things that I'm sure that that um, George McPhee wishes he could have had back. I mean, you know, well it'll be interesting to see what, what, what mm-hmm. McFee does for a goalie because it's 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 George that, that I believe said that, you know, that they that and how important
2: goaltending was to the game, he said we should never have named this game hockey, we should just name it goalie. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, um who's the Russian that he drafted <laughs> deep deep in the rounds i he might go after that guy because I uh, hope he's pretty established you know um, uh-huh. I forgot his name yeah. now but um anyways uh yeah it's uh, I got twenty minutes with him um, after the press conference uh, to do a podcast and I, I brought up are you tired of people talking about the e rat trade and he, and he goes ah some you win some you lose <laughs> so. uh, well <laughs> well you you know and you have to have that perspective yeah otherwise you'll never make a deal right
1: and you know that's that's no way by no means missing that deal and it's in- but if you don't have that, if you don't think that way, mm-hmm. you'll never ever make a trade. You'll be you'll be paralyzed by the fear of being wrong, and and you will be wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, is it? Let's uh, let's talk a little nobody's bit. Nobody's right all nobody's no. right all the time. No, absolutely. Uh, TSN senior uh, managing editor, of hockey content. Uh, what percentage of your day, Steve, is just trying to wrangle and control uh, Jeff O'Neill?
1: <laughs> what, what, what Well, that's a, that's a very astute question. Right? Well, uh, when... Like,
2: show uh, we, up on time, please please be here, please be dressed, <laughs> that type of things.
1: Well, twenty six. Well, we have 26 broadcasts a year anyway, which are um, uh, leak broadcasts, regional broadcasts. Mm-hmm. And so, certainly there's at least 26 days. <laughs> right. And, in fact, I'm in the process of trying to wrangle him um, for a meeting uh, this week. Right, So. Yeah. So clearly, I mean, and that's 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 my next challenge. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, he's a unique talent, and a unique guy, and a unique communicator. Um, but um, just you know, really something of a uh, something of, a, of, a, of an electronic media savant. <laughs> really, really is something um, on TV and mm-hmm. even maybe even more so on radio. He just. He has a, a an innate grasp of of things and how to communicate with people, and you know, and, and I mean he's a unique. I mean he's he's not that middle reliever that you know that guy that fills things. It's not him. Yeah, no, no. He he says his thing and and that'll be that, and 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 you know it'll be on the radio. You won't may not hear him for in the midst of a, an interview or a long conversation. You know, he may not say anything for minutes upon minutes, and it's not necessarily because he's checked out, although I'm sure he <laughs> does, but it's just because he, he doesn't feel obliged um, to talk unless he's got something to say, which is one heck of a way to approach media. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. And, I mean, and if you can do it, it's fantastic.
2: Well, especially someone like yourself, you've you know, again, you've been in this game for a long time. You were once the editor in chief, responsible for uh, having an opinion, uh, stating it clearly. I'm sure you've done plenty of TV and radio hits over the years. So you've got an aspect of, okay, this is what it's like to sit in that chair, and this is now I'm the the boss, and now I want to you know try to find someone. That's interesting and can hold somebody's attention and is making a point, and it's hard, and entertaining. I think people forget about the entertaining part, and I think Jeff's got all of that, like and, and including Jamie McLennan, I I found, I found myself a, a fan five ninety's hockey central guy for a long, long time, and discovered um, Leafs lunch uh, at some point, and now of course it's been moved over. But between um, uh, Jeff O'Neill and Jamie McLennan, I, I'm I'm now more in the last year and a half all into the Overdrive or Leafs lunch when it was that way because of those guys. I enter. I, I get education about hockey. I get solid opinions, but I also get, like, just laughs. Like, sometimes they're just funny, you know, and, and I think that's all part of it.
1: Oh yeah, they are terrific. They're absolutely terrific. And, and Jamie is that guy who will, you know, certainly I mentioned, but Jeff doesn't necessarily feel compelled to talk at great length mm-hmm. all the time. Jamie can do it and do it entertainingly and, I mean, it's like he knows everybody. They'll be talking about it. any any name or right. person comes right. up. If you mention a, if you know, you mention a, a, a rock star or something. There's no question that somehow or another, some way or another, Jamie would have had something to do with him. Yeah. I mean, whether yes. it was in a in a bar late one night talking hockey Right. right. Um, but, <laughs> um, just a, a terrific guy, really great knowledge, and one of the. You know one of the most sophisticated and, and sharpest hockey uh, goalie hockey minds um, uh, I, that i've run across yeah. I mean you know you need to talk about goaltending and understanding what they do, and he's fantastic and and you know one of the things with with him and Dave Poulin, who does these runs now is they're these ex players mm-hmm. and they 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 work hard, they stay on top of things they um, you know really think things through. And, you know, they're they're really, uh, you know, they're, they're terrific radio presences as well as, as
2: obviously on TV. Yeah, it doesn't seem like any of those guys, and obviously Poulin was just in the game. Jamie was a go- uh, Flames uh, consultant for a while, goalie coach. Um, and O'Neal, I, I, I doubt he wants to do it. But, you know, I think there's a Tennessee and ex-players to sort of mail it in and look for a new gig back in the game. I don't think these three guys no. want to do that. They seem like they're very happy and they're, they're putting, and like you said, they're doing their homework as well. Um, so that's a great thing for the shows. No, I think they are. And someone like Dave Pullum
1: would get uh, would get opportunities. Oh, for sure, and, right? yeah. and in in the leagues or on teams, and wants to do this. So, I mean, it's it's a you know the media is a it's a it's. I often think that it would be a great way to make a living if you were, when they've been in the game as long as they as they have, as they know so much, they have such an intuitive grasp of things, and can you know quickly process the information, mm-hmm. and and for them, you know, it, it, we're very fortunate to have, um, you know, those through Mar you know, we also of course have uh, Marty Biron, yeah. um, so you know we're we have, we have a. You know, a really nice group of players, for sure.
2: And that leads me into my next question. So, Rogers gets the rights to NHL hockey uh, for all of Canada and the playoffs and everything else, and there's regional deals that TSN has with the Senators, the, the, the Leafs, the Jets, right? Um yeah, and Leafs, yes, Jets, and and Sens. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But I like the fact that um, it seemed like, and I, I don't know if how much of this was your decision or, or the people above you, but uh, TSN didn't just fold it up and go away. You guys almost went deeper and harder into getting hockey content and keeping everybody on board, um, and, and and it seemed like it. Yeah, it, it wasn't a great – I'm sure morale wasn't great, and it, nobody was exactly stoked. But you guys have done a nice job of being like, hey, we're still here. We're, we're there, and, and um, we got a lot of interesting content.
1: Uh, I, you know, I, I think – I appreciate you saying that. I mean, obviously, we've repositioned ourselves uh, uh, slightly, um, but mm-hmm. it, it's really – it's the commitment of the people who do the things, whether it's McKenzie, Duffy uh Drager, Craig Button is mm-hmm. an absolute you know workhorse and a really sharp hockey mind. So I mean, you know, we've been we've been very fortunate with those people and and just you know, uh, just because the platform has changed um, doesn't mean that there's any reason why you know why would we not continue to do the same thing and endeavor to do it better and find it you know make sure that our voice is still heard and I think that's the main thing is you want to be heard and and I think that you know we still are and still can make it still have mm-hmm. an impact and and, you know, and that's the biggest thing to adjust to is that when you don't have the national rights is that you don't have that, that, natural, pla-
2: uh, that, that natural national platform. So you create other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to be happy, too, I believe. and I don't know for sure, but I think I read that your um, uh, trade deadline day coverage uh, outranked uh, SportsNets, um, which, again, you guys are like, hey, we've done it before. We've been here a long time, and we're still putting out pe- quality programs that people want to watch. Well, when
1: we've gone head to head with them in trade deadline and free agency, I mean, we have, um, you know, we do, we draw larger crowds, but larger audiences. But, but hey, um, you know, uh, sportsman does a really good job. Yeah, they're uh, they do a first-rate group, and they produce some some great content as well. But it's it's a point of pride certainly for us. Yeah, that when we go head to head, that we uh, we finish ahead.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's something to be said. You know, you had this big massive blow to everybody there, and and. Hey, chins are up, and you guys are still providing great content. Although, the uh, the draft, the the trade deadline is is (laughs) it's a shell of what it used to be. (laughs) I mean, it (laughs) is it is. You guys have devoted more and more hours. Everybody's gone up the game, but uh, it's not what it used to be. That's for sure.
1: Well, I mean, there's still lots of deals. They're Mm -hmm. just
2: really small. Yeah,
1: they're really small. And you know, we've created this monster. That we have to, you know, to continue feeding that, that beast. And, <laughs> right. and it's the same, you know, we're on. We like, like, you know, Mike Sportsman is on at eight a.m. until mm-hmm. uh, until six, and so you know, that's just the, That's the monster that we've we've helped create, and 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 it's, you know, it's it's just a it's a great kind of, uh, it's a fun day. We enjoy it, and you know, we we have a, a great advantage with James Duthie being the one who's hosting for us.
2: How much of that is? And again, you're you're the uh, your senior managing editor of hockey content. Are you the guy deciding? Hey, I want this analyst and this um, with this team, and I want this person. Is that all your call? Is it kind of? Do you look at chemistry? Do you do you do you talk to the people involved? Um, and studio show and the hosts as well. Like that's all your call. Well, n- what I work on is is the studio shows in terms of who does
1: what for um uh, like Ferraro Miller. Cuthbert, um, Biron, McLennan, okay. um, Shane Knighty, Dennis Bayak, that group is really controlled by, uh, Paul Graham. Okay. Um, so the, the responsibility that we have or that I have is, uh, the, uh, the studio shows. Okay. So anything, anything involving, uh, as I mentioned, like Duffy, mm-hmm. McKenzie, McLennan, um, when they're doing that pool and O'Neill, uh, Drager, you know, all these people are, uh, you're
2: putting them together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah. That's gotta be, uh, Egos, uh, chemistry uh, schedules <laughs> well, it, right
1: we, we all say the same thing. you're hurting it's like hurting cats, but <laughs> right. that makes it um, that makes it uh, makes up for the challenge, and when it comes off, it's fantastic, and when it doesn't, not so fantastic.: When no
2: when when dog insults all of Winnipeg, I believe, and had to issue an apology, <laughs> right Wasn't there something about I mean again, as a guy born and raised there, I don't think he said anything wrong. I really don't.
1: I' well, like neither, you know, neither, neither do I. Yeah. Neither do we. Yeah, like not that. at all. Right. I mean, you know, Winnipeg is, uh, you know, Winnipeg of course has its own controversy right now with uh, with the Jets announcing they're going to uh, they're going to honor the hotline, you know, the Hedberg Nielsen, yeah, um, Bobby Hull line, and a lot of people are asking how could someone with uh, with Hull's um, record, yeah, um, of domestic uh, of domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, be uh be honored and it's i mean it's a it's a, an, a fascinating question and it really puts into you know question that the the whole issue of when you're putting together halls of fame or walls of fame or whatever you might call them is you know it, can you separate um the person from the mm-hmm. player and, it, yeah. and it's 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 a really tough one and you know particularly as you're, you know, doing it from now, because we know that people who would be in various halls of fame, mm-hmm. um, you know, including baseball, football, and basketball, wouldn't have led pristine existences off the ice, and you know, it's it, it's it's a really it's a really fascinating thing that I think, I think it needs to be talked about, and I think that that. That you know, you can never come up with any hard and fast rule. But what you can do is say, you know, what is our position on this? What do we think about these things? And and you know, when so you know, when you face a situation like the Bobby Hall one, mm-hmm. who's in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and 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 you know, as sensitivities change over the years, appropriately, I would add. Um, you know, things. You know, everything changes, and so I, I do think that on on something like that, you need to have a conversation with um, various people who have interest in it and are just smart people mm-hmm. that can help discuss the issues and figure. Okay, what does this mean? I mean, you know, do, if we have if we have Hedberg and Nielsen,
2: yeah. How do you um, how do you leave a home? We, right. But you know, yeah. and,
1: or, you know, and, and can you have Bobby Hall? Well, I mean, I, I it's you know it's. It's a really tough one for me. I I, I can't say I have a, a final answer right now on Bobby Hall, mm-hmm. and um, and it's not that I'm sitting on the fence. It's that I'm trying to you know think through the issues and would want to you know seek out opinions of people who have um, more educated views and, uh, uh, on some of the, the issues. I know Bobby Hall, the hockey player. Yep. I know that he meant you know he might be. I'm just trying to be. I want to be careful here. Um, you know he might be the most important. Um, you know, Bobby Clark would be darn close to the, probably the most important in Manitoba, but Bobby Hall might be the most important person in, in, in the history of Manitoba hockey history. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong now, you know, because there's lots of, I mean, saw chuggers from there. Yeah, um,
2: but I, I feel uh, like, but, yeah, I feel but, as a guy born and raised there, uh, yeah. it was it was Bobby Hall, absolutely. Right, so, doubt. Yep. so now you've got to figure out this issue, is that, you know,
1: what are, what are you doing here? Are you, is this merely a hockey owner or... Is it, is it meant to be something more than that? Mm-hmm. And you know, when, like, you know, where do you sit on it?
2: Yeah, it's, I don't think there's a right answer and you'll never get one. I really don't. I can, I, no matter what sides you do, if you say, Hey, we're not going to honor him. And, uh, certainly some of the things that, you know, he's been written about him, that the ex wives have talked about are, are they're not made up. You know what I mean? Some, some people you're like, there' oh, there's rumors and this and that with him. There, I think there's a lot of fact involved. So there is fact that he's done this. And if you don't involve him, um, you know, then I think people have a right to be like, Oh, you can't do that. Like whatever, everybody makes mistakes. He's atone for, it. I just, there's no right answer to me. Um, one way or another. And I don't know.
1: <laughs> um, well, I think, the, you know. but I think that's, what you have people, you, you go to the ethicists and you mm-hmm. go to people who can help, help shape that idea. And I think it's, I think it's, you know, I think it's foolish. To, not, I think it's, I think it's foolhardy. If you, uh, you know, unless you've already thought it through mm-hmm. that, you have a definitive position and, and, I certainly wouldn't be saying that he should be on and, and it, and but I'm not in a position at this point to say that he should be.
2: Yeah, no, so, I, I agree.
1: Um, uh, but it's, and again, that's not to be misconstrued with sitting on a fence. I just need to to understand, you know, the different takes on it. And, and what that means overall, like, if you're going to do that for the, for the, you know, what about the hockey Hall of fame Yeah, yeah, how it, do what, you go you back? Know, what right. are they supposed yeah. to do with this?
2: Well, thank God Gil Stein's back out of it, though. <laughs> well,
1: I you mean, <know>, Alan Eagleson. <laughs> you know, Eagleson, he had, yeah, you know, yeah. He had his you know his his um membership revoked
2: yeah absolutely
1: so, um oh. and and so you know there's there's one example uh of of it so it's a very complicated question and and one that should be asked in in today's uh in today's uh, sporting world i mean it's not this isn't the ha-
2: hagiography of past years yeah where, no um, I think. As a, and as a as a as a Leaf, I'm a Leaf fan, but obviously Jets are, are something I follow. I, I cannot stand when I watch the Jets now, and someone breaks Eva Elya um, uh franchise record. I'm just like, no, no, he did not break that record. That's, that's Howard <laughs> Chuck. That's Steen. That's I wish they would transfer the records over. I did one of these with Doug Smale. I've done them with a couple of Jets, and they're all like, yeah, yeah I don't get it either. And I guess the 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 true North people aren't. They're they're not super welcoming to the old Jets. Like maybe some of those guys would like them to be. You know, I I just I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you take the Phoenix records and move it over. But it's funny should.
1: because you know I'm never. I'm trying to think of another franchise that 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 there seems to be such a disconnect that that the really because. You know, we, we did, whenever we were doing something on, you know, the Jets were had the possibility of picking number one had they won the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. And we were preparing for that and we were saying, well, this would be their...
2: Their which pick, know,
1: right. <laughs> right, well, you know, they, and they had other number one picks, of course. They of course, Patrick yeah. Stephan, they had Stefan, they had Kovalchuk, but really they had Howard Chuck, and that's the only number one pick that people in Winnipeg will say they have. Yeah, for and sure. Because there's no, and it's not like they have any, any connection to the previous, no. you know, the, and, the previous group. And I don't think in, in Dallas, they, mind you, you know, it's different because, of course, Medano played in Dallas. But, you know, it's not like in, in, in Dallas that they're, they're not respecting uh, the Minnesota background.
2: Yeah, and, and, I, and I guess the Wild, they don't keep the, Minnesota, the North Stars records. They have Wild records and that's it, right? But yet it feels differently. I don't know.
1: Right, right, and, yeah. and 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 the wild are indeed, but you know that is a different thing, of course, and and as are these jets. These jets are they're, they're the
0: thrashers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not. I know. You know,
1: they're they're know. the jets as we you know as we know two point zero, or um, and so you know they're they're entirely I, different, and we know they were also very reluctant even naming the jets.
2: Yeah, apparently Chipman Mark Chipman didn't didn't want it, but fans decreed it, and and I I agree. I think the Jets are absolutely the right name, and I love. The fact that the new logo looks great and it's different, but they they got to be called the Jets to me, and I'm glad he did it. But apparently, it wasn't wasn't so popular with with them. So, um, if I've read one column from you, Steve, over the years, I've maybe read forty about fighting in the NHL. Um, you've long taken the stance that you you don't believe in the fighting uh, in the league, and I got to say, I. I mostly agree with you. A, a Jerome McGinley-Vinny LeCavallier fight uh, in the playoffs that's that's totally built up on emotions. And they, they, they whack and hack and they drop the gloves. I'm fine with that. Just about any other fighting, be it staged or be it like, hey, I'm the goon, you're the goon. We got to take care of each other. I, I'm 100% on your side. So let me ask you now, as a guy that's long said, and this goes back to the thuggish, you know, mid-80s and, and late late late-80s, 90s. Are you happy where the game is at now with fighting? Because it's definitely changed. It's lower than it's ever been. And I feel like we're heading down that path, if not now, maybe 10 years from now. Uh, where do you stand on it? How do you feel? Still well, feel like I, nothing? I, you
1: know? I, I, I'm glad you've been reading. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, certainly when I think about it, I, I feel like something of an aging and, uh, you know, anti-fighting activist. And, you know, it, it's an, I, I believe it's an important issue. I... Uh, and you know, I, I I used to talk at great length uh, to Don Basley, who was mm-hmm. one of the um, one of Winnipeg's greatest contributions to hockey, uh, the agent Don Basley, who had mm-hmm. all the you know many many great clients: Korea, Sakic, Forsberg, and of course uh, uh, Nielsen and Timu. And, um, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I yep. mean, the, the whole the whole gang of Hedberg, but. I mean, there isn't, it isn't realistic to think that it, the way fighting got into the game really got so prominent in the game, is hard to, it's not the way the game started. It entirely changed. Mm-hmm. It, was, it went from being a very small part of the game where you would lead, players would lead the league in fights with six fights. Six fights in a year. Right. And to the point where you were getting in the 30s. And now this past year, the leading t- the title, the title, excuse me, Cody McLeod, 12. That's the lowest um, single season fighting total or leading total yep. in 47 years.
2: Was so, it? Really? Oh, I didn't know it was that. Ah, good. Yeah, 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 I mean, wow. it,
1: it's astonishing. So yep. we know that fighting is, is going down, but we also know, and, and more to the point, the fighters, fighting isn't out, isn't done yet, but the fighters are. So, you know, Cody McLeod plays 10 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So he may not be a skilled player, but he's not just a fighter. Yeah. You, you know, you can't, fighters don't play 10 minutes a game. Right. So um, it, it's amazing what has happened, and the game is just too, it's too good. I mean, you know, you could argue it's amazing it's taking this long. <laughs> and and it's, it's a bit <laughs> right. of a, you know what it is, it's a bit of a, um, a black mark, what's uh, what sort I'm looking for on the game. that ultimately fighting, and, and, and what appear to be clear, you know, to be not far from gone. Yeah. It appear to be, but it's only because the game got too good. So mm-hmm. it, it, you find yourself saying, well, wait a second, you know, what took so long for the game to get so good? But it, it <laughs> right, got too good right, right. for fighters, and that, yeah. that's exactly what happened.
2: Yeah, true.
1: That they can't play anymore. And, you know, the, the game is played at such a pace um, that, the, these, that the goons, the thugs, the fighters, can't keep up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and and the skill level is such that they just can't play. So, I come back to the point. Well, man, this this took how many years? <laughs> I mean, you know, because really in the 60s there was, I mean, there was fighting, but you know, not like it like it became in the, in the 70s and 80s, um, and and, and and 90s. And so, it is it is astonishing. I mean, it's an indictment of the game. I mean, Harry Sinham once said it was fantastic. He said you know, when they first threw that puck out on the, you know, the bay in mm-hmm. Kingston or something, and yeah. playing the game, and, you know, he didn't say, okay, let's chase around the puck, put it in the net, and then let's, let's, let's fight. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's
2: just do that, right.
1: You know, then let's fight. I mean, you know, like, yeah. you know, who, you know, that was never at the essence of the game. Don't get me wrong, it was crazy violence. Right. Sticks swinging and I'm not suggesting for a second that it wasn't, but that wasn't really, that wouldn't have been what the game was about. It's. I mean, you know, yeah. it was to score goals, and and you know, no other game permitted this or, or allowed itself to be, you know, uh, deceived into believing that it was a safety outlet. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it, it, that you know, it, it sounds so ridiculous now, and then, <laughs> right. and you know, we if we you know, it's better, it's better that we do this and we fight rather than, rather than hit each other with our sticks. And, and you're going, well, why do you have to do
2: either? Yeah, why do you have I mean, the football I mean, guys don't grab the well, bench or the water cooler. Exactly. Yeah, you know. Exactly. I mean, right. And
1: it, it's so, so anyways, and the upshot is that, that, you know, fighting is, I, I you know, I'm, I'm sure there will be dribs and drabs of fighting for a long time. Right. But it, it's really n- not a factor anymore. And, and I've always believed that, you know, that, that is, you know, it's, you're still toughness. You still got to be tough, because you know, it's right right now. You still have to be tough. So you have to be able to play through it, and it's got nothing to do with whether you're willing to fight, because you still have to play through it. And you know, Mike Bossy would say, who was you know a Lady Big winner and by no, by no means a tough guy, but one of the greatest scorers in NHL history, says. You know they can knock me down, but they can't stop me from getting up. Mm-hmm. And now, now the cynics would say, "Well, he had protection. You know, he had Clark. Yeah, Gillies Clark and Gillies, kind right. of thing." But, but you still have to play through it. And if you, that, that's the key. You still, I mean, there are you're, you're still going to get you're still going to get whacked and hacked if you go to the front of the net. You just may not be in the case of, let's say Phil Kessel. Like no one's going to no. jump you. I mean, it,
2: the good players don't have to fight anymore. It's crazy though. I've done sixty of these shows or something with a ton of ex-NHLers, Dave Manson and Jeff rodgers and, and and even some skill guys too as well. I did one with Clark as well. Um, and I'm always, I'm the, I'm a guy like I said. I, I believe in emotional fighting. That's fine. Whatever it happens, uh, the staged fighting and the I'm gonna I'm gonna get you, so you don't get my star player. Um, you know, if you touch my star player, I'm gonna beat you up. I I talk to these guys about that, and I'm like, come on, guys. I mean, is that really true? And I'll tell you what, Steve, 100% of these guys, these old players, believe that fighting the way the game is now is not, not great. It needs to go back to be more – and I'm talking not even the, the Manson and Auders Audgers guys, just the old NHL guys. Um, they 100% believe they got more time and space. Um, if they were a skill guy because of having a fighter. And I just shake my head and, and I'm like, okay, well, I didn't play the game. I'm just a fan. And I'll tell you what, these old guys, they, they, the retired guys, they, they absolutely believe it's, it should be in the game and, and what we're doing now isn't right. And I just go, jeez, holy well, smokes. But, but
1: you hit on the key point there. Is that, and and that's, the,
2: that's the thing that people like me
1: and, and you, I, we don't have an answer for it because we didn't play the game at that level. Yeah. So when they say that, I mean, uh, um, you know, it's funny because, you know, one of the things in in in, um, in television or like anything else like this or radio, mm-hmm. you know, one of the golden rules is that the players can never turn to a journalist or turn to um, a quote-unquote expert, Mackenzie Drager. Mm-hmm. You can never turn to the guy and say, you never played the game. Yeah. You know, that's considered yeah, yeah. to be offside. Right. Right. Uh, and, and it really is. And once in a while, a like guy will say, you know, and it's happened a couple of times on our panel and, and again, it, that's considered offside. Yeah, yeah. Because if you can't argue this, debate it, without saying that, <laughs> well, that's weak. Right, so, that's Now, yeah. having said that, it's an important distinction. These guys played the game, they were there. They. So when someone points out and says, it's not so much that they're saying you didn't play the game, but, but I, I will be the first to say I didn't play the game. And so that's the one thing that I don't understand, I cannot pretend to understand, or reconcile. So if Mike Badano ever said or someone said that, you know, Gretzky would say um, that we needed fighting, and it, mm-hmm. fighting was the self-policing, and it, and it worked. It, made, it helped make the game great. Well, I can't. I can't argue with that because I'm not on the ice. What I can say is that maybe that's the way it was then. Maybe that was a culture that was allowed to to build and regenerate and generate and regenerate itself. Um, And maybe that was the case, but it isn't anymore. And so, you know, to say it's like saying people will say the game's too fast now. Well. Well, you know, what, yeah. what are you what are you saying? We're going to slow down the game? Yeah, it
2: is what it is. I mean, is. you know, does yeah. that
1: make any sense? We're going to go backward? Right, right. That we're going, we're, you know, we're going to take speed out of the game and, and you know, say that F1 cars, uh, you know, they did things to slow down the cars. Well, yeah, they're, they're machines. We're, we're talking about human beings. Why yeah. would we want to slow them down? Yeah. Why wouldn't we just keep on trying to figure things out? And and, and the last time I checked, Patrick Kane was still able to, who is not particularly fast, by the way. <laughs> no. Yeah been able to
2: make things happen so yeah it's uh these guys are just uh, it's insane when i talk to them because i bring it up and they're all in the same group and i'm just like okay all right well I, 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 but
1: i do I, respect I, their position of course because, yeah and, and i can remember brian burke saying to me and he and i
2: have many a debate
1: over this <laughs> right and and brian saying you know that you should come in our room you should feel what it's like in the room and and i never did get the opportunity to do that um, but you know his point being, and that was during a time when fighting was more significant, mm-hmm. that you you would help you understand why it is they have fighting and what its value is and, and such. But it was it, 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 that fascinates me, and yeah. these people, the people who live in that world, um, will say that. Now you know part of it, of course, is that you, to espouse a different viewpoint is it, not that popular. I mean, players have, have players have have. Are, are not the people you can go to to get there and say, there shouldn't be fighting in the game. I mean, the players just aren't going to say that. Yeah,
2: yeah, they're not. Um,
1: right. My favorite favorite thing ever is when I did, we did something years ago on, on, on fighting, and I talked to Patty Verbeek, who was you know, a very good hockey player, mm. very tough and fought. And essentially uh, I was asking him why there's fighting in, in the game, and he said, because we can. <laughs> And yeah. I thought it was. <laughs> right. I've never heard a better answer for that. Yeah. And, and so of course, you know, essentially because we can, because it's there. So it, you know, you know, saying yeah. so, people fight in hockey for the same reasons that they climb mountains because they're there, they're there. because you can. Yeah. And and that was, to me, that is that's the most revealing quote I've ever heard.
2: Yeah, it's ironic too. The. Um you say the game is faster, and I would agree with you hundred percent, and it 's never been better and these guys who can 't play are pushed out yet we're at we 're at pre lockout scoring levels, and I do find it tough to get through games nowadays like I used to um uh, Ferraro's talked a lot about this uh, over the years, and I have to agree with him like i don 't know if it's bigger nets it's obviously it's not it's the coaching I think is more than anything the coachings and the goalies the goalies are phenomenal now um but we 're we're at a point where I'm. I think the the entertainment factor of many games, playoffs are great still. I, I believe in that, but um, a regular season game scoring levels are just. I, I, I don't know. I find myself these days being like, man, there's not much happening out there. And, well,
1: you know, a couple of things. You know, one is that the, the hockey's facing a problem of excellence. Mm-hmm. That they're they're finally at that stage where we said before where the game is too good for fighters, and and the game is is too hard to play. And it's too hard to score. Um, yeah. So you know, and and you know, other sports in the NFL, they've opened up the rules, right, that mm-hmm. have allowed them to 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 get more offense. So you know, that's that's a real that's a real issue um, for. But it but it's you know it's a problem of excellence. And one of the the other things they used to what what you used to find is that if you looked at the history of expansion, is that when there was expansion, scoring would go up. Yep. So. And because there's a certain dilution of, play, of talent. Now, now I'd be surprised if it, I don't know that I that I have any expectation that one new team in no. Vegas is going to do that.
2: No, I don't. Do you, Do you have anything that you would do? Are you a fan of one particular movement? To or do you do you feel like we need to do anything? Um, I,
1: I, I, you know, I think that other than the usual things about you know small rules or this type of thing, I, I, I. I I like the game the way it is mm-hmm. um, and you know i I would like there to be more goals like anyone else yep but but i I rather were more organic rather than some mechanical um thing that we have to do i mean and I would not be offended if they increase the size of the nets i you know I don't mean soccer nets,
2: yeah, but, but something small a little yeah bit bigger. yeah I
1: would not be offended by that I would you know giving that a real try um. And uh, no, not at all. I mean, I, I, I am—I would probably regard it as something of a traditionalist or um, purist. Mm-hmm. But but you know, you have to be—you have to be open-minded to things. And you know, increasing the size of the net when you know we know that the percentage of net available to scores is not what it used to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'd have—I mean, now goalies are really six-two, six-three, and it, you know, you just don't have—you have so few goalies under six feet. Um, and so they just occupy more space.
2: Yeah. Well, the goalie equipment crackdown is a good start. You know, go more, and more is, on but, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I,
1: but I think that, that all these changes, Whenever there are rule changes and everything happens, all it really does, is, it seems to me, is really maintain the status quo. Mm. Is it slightly offset because the goalies will get the goalies keep getting better every every year too. In, I mean, the training, the 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 off season training. The, yeah. it's You know, the professionalization of hockey. Uh, is really what has occurred over at uh, you know whatever period of time, where the coaching profession has become, uh, you know, yeah. much more so than ever. But more importantly, or every bit as importantly, excuse me, is the players. The players have professionalized. I mean, they're the ones who. Uh, i was looking at a YouTube video today of Kalorn of Alice Kalorn mm-hmm. um, doing some lifting, yeah. and this is you know August third. And the amount of you know weights that uh, weight that he was lifting is remarkable. And so these guys are you know they just keep going. They're they're professionals, and I think that's the other key thing. I mean you know we know, I mean you know it, it's not you know it isn't new. I mean you know players have been doing this for you know. Decade, couple of decades now, mm-hmm. but it just keeps going to a new level. I mean, they all have their own trainers. They're all yeah. eating properly. They're all doing these things. So, you know, the game is now, it, it's whatever challenges the game faces, or for the most part, it's their challenges of, of problems of excellence.
2: Well, Steve, yeah, I agree. Uh, the, in all sports, Athletes are getting bigger, better, faster. As humans, we are too, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely uh, something uh, challenging. Um, Steve Dryden, thank you for doing the uh, Paul Pocky podcast. Some some great, uh, interesting talk. Uh, you've certainly done a ton in the game, uh, um, and it's interesting uh, your perspective over time uh, on how different things have uh, have changed. So we got to do a part two though, because I got a ton of hockey news questions. Uh, when you were the editor in chief there, whether it was the salary disclosure or uh, uh, some controversies that Hockey News had. Or even some uh, NHL commissioner talk. Uh, uh, so we'd love—I'd love to do part two. Can, can we? Can we do that?
1: Absolutely, totally committed. And
2: anytime happy to talk about the hockey news. It's my pleasure. Awesome, great. Well, Steve Dryden, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. TSN senior managing editor, uh, hockey content down there. Thanks again, man. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Bye.